0: Uh, thank you Stephanie too. Um, what is it? We have coffee in the back, at the back. So if you guys are feeling sleepy or tired, um, don't don't worry. Just go up there and get some coffee and it should be good. Yeah and then there's some Tanger, some Clementines as well and nuts and Madelines. So we're ready to go. Yeah. Oh man, good morning guys. You guys good? Yeah, are you guys awake? Did you guys get some sleep? Yeah. I was sleeping next. I was sleeping next to the wall, and I heard the other room. They were going crazy, and then I heard footsteps coming upstairs, and I think it was Jesse. And then, <laughs> and they got completely silent. So I was like, "Oh, nice." <laughs> no, but it's good to see you guys. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I think definitely this is like my. First time speaking to you guys like this, so yeah, uh, I'm excited. It's an honor. Um, I know some of you guys are ready to just, you know, joking around, like getting me all nervous and all that. But, you know, I I do truly do believe that there is uh, a message that God wants to hear today. So I'm just excited to just be his messenger and share that. So we're going to we're going to get started with that. before we do, let me just quickly pray one more time um, before we go in, and yeah, we'll go, uh, and then we'll just uh, begin our sermon, our session. Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for um, this morning that you have given us. Truly, God, um, we 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 want to just remember you, Lord. We pray, Father, just like we sung out, Lord, may you stir in our hearts. May you may you just stir stir up a passion for your name, Lord. We pray that. Truly, God, that we'll come together um, as we'll be talking about unity, as we'll be talking about what it means to be a, a member, a body of the church. Um, we we pray, Father, that the, the message will be clear today. Um, may you be with me. Um, may you give me strength and boldness to speak your words with clarity. And we pray, I pray, Father, that your words will truly carry us today. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. All right. So today, this morning, we're going to be talking about unity, um, and so there are just a couple of things. Um, I was just when I was asked to just pray uh, to preach this, I was just praying about it and just praying about what what unity looks like, what it means um, for us as church as a body. Like, what does what does unity mean? And um, and so, you know, I. I was just personally convicted about like so, a couple of points that I have, to, which I'll share later on. But when I first think about the word unity, um, I think about a sports team right away. Um, I, I, I like to play sports, um, I love watching sports, all of that, I just love teamwork. Um, you, know, you know what gets me super emotional when I watch a movie? Sports movies. Sports movies gets me super emotional. Remembering the Titans, I cried so much. Like. I, I love, I love it when the coach is like, "Hey, I need you," and they look, really, I just like get teared up. I really get teared up. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you." And then also those war movies too. Oh my gosh! Like, "Hey, I'm not gonna leave you." I was like, "Oh, you know," it's like, "Yeah." So like, I, I really get I really get I really get emotional with those kind of things, but um, not those like I love Marley. No, none of that puppy stuff. You know, that's that's for Uzong. <laughs> sorry sorry man um but you know for me I get um I really I guess when talking about unity when I think of teamwork I think about just how how can we just um be on the ship together and make this work and move you know and so um I think also here we're going to be talking about Ephesians 2 we're going to be it's going to talk about, Pastor James talked about the first part, the first chapter. He was just talking about, um, recapping about the, how God chooses us in Christ. Um, and how we need to respond in praise. How God, he redeems us in Christ. How, um, and we have promises for the future inheritance. You know, we have all of that. And then, um, something that we want to carry on uh, today is also in Christ. The phrase in Christ. Because in Christ right here in chapter 2, it talks about by grace we have been saved through faith, right? Um, and so basically the first ten, cha- of 10 verses in chapter 2, the beginning ones, it talks about how by grace you have been saved. Um, it, it, Paul talks about how we were first dead in our sins, yet God was the one who reached out to us he was the one who reached out to us. We did nothing to deserve his gift, right? Um, And it was by his saving grace. And so that's what we just want to reiterate. In verse 8, I'm just going to just quickly reiterate this and to go into our main passage, but um, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, but For we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for his good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we are united in Christ for those who believe in his name, for those who believe him as our Lord and Savior. And now here in 11 through 18, where we're going to just talk about, um, we're going to be talking about unity. We're going to be talking about how to be one as a body. We're going to be talking about now that we are one with Christ, We must be one together. And so, um, if you guys read with me here, um, I'll read read and you guys follow along. Um, Chapter 2, verse 11 through 18. If you're not there, it's chapter 2, verse 11 through 18. Um, I'll start reading. Verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called uncircumcision by what is called a circumcision, circumcision, By abolishing the law of commandments, expressed in ordinance ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Amen. So unity is a big topic for us to talk about unity, but the thing is though unity is one of the hardest things to do. Unity is it's so hard. We see from this world that we live in. We see how easy it is with our with the celebrities that we know. How easy it is to get married and you know because they're just so in love, you know. But but then they break up like in like two years or six months, like something didn't work out right, you know? Um, and so we see how uh, a union with a man and a woman just really doesn't last long, you know? Like in, for in the celebrity world, in the, in, in the Hollywood places. Um, maybe also like nowadays, there's like especially where we live, we have so many like uh, access to so many things. We have so many options, right? It's hard to make that kind of like commitment. It's hard to kind of make that kind of like, okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to stick to it. You know, it's so hard, right? Um, and so here in this passage, we, we see that we are one in Christ. We are united in that. And so that means now that we are united in Christ, and since Jesus is the head of the church, we must be united as one body. We must be united as one body. And so... Um, What we read here in 11 through 15, basically what it's talking about is that Christ um, made peace between the Jews and the Gentiles to unify both of them in the church. You know, uh, there was only one kind of people and that's the unified people of God here. Because if you guys know a little bit uh, of history back then here, the Jews and the Gentiles, they didn't get along. The Jews were thinking that they're so much better than the Gentiles. The Jews, um, like, they think they're, you know... They're better, and the Gentiles are beneath them, or whatever, you know. Um, and so there is this. Obviously, there is this clash. There's obviously this division and hatred, and but and but after Jesus Christ died on the cross, that that's all over, right? Because well, um, in the first ten uh, verses in chapter two, he talks about how whether you're a Gentile or Jew, you're 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 still despicable. You're still, you still, you still are sinful. You're the same. But because of Christ, you are one. Because what he did on the cross, right? We are, we are one with him. And because we are one with him, we should be one as a church. Um, and so that's, that's what 11 to 15 was basically talking about here, how we are unified people of God now. Um, and, and, and so it was just talking about uh, also In verse 14, specifically, we see that Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our peace. Um, And so this is just talking about our friendship that we have with God and how we should have friendship with one another as a church. That's what we're talking about. And so what does this mean for us as today, as with our retreat, um, what does the Bible say about living an ordinary Christian life as a body, as a body united in Christ? What does this mean for us, you know? We, we will focus, we want to first um, just focus on ourselves right now. I want us to just really just check our hearts first before anything, before thinking about the church and the body. I think we need to, um, since we make up the church, I think it's a great time for us to check ourselves. Um, because, and so the main idea that we want to take away is that we must remember Christ made us one with Him and one with His people. We must remember, Christ made us one, with Him, and one with His people. Yeah. When I was studying this passage, it was just really talking about. Um, there was there was uh, there was a word that I kept on being repeated, um, and the word is remember. Um, in verse eleven, it, it says, "Therefore, remember." That at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called uncircumcision by what is called a circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands. And then verse 12 is talking about remember that you are at that time separated from Christ. You know, it's, God is telling us, God is commanding us to remember what has just happened. Remember what he did um, before anything else. It's about relationship here. It's about, um, it's about, this is the gospel message, how we are one in Christ. How we are with him. He is telling us, he is commanding us that we are to remember. Don't let traditions, don't let your past get in the way of that. Christ is calling us to be one. This is what makes the body. This is what makes the church. God is, he is commanding us to remember what Christ had done on the cross and understand he wiped away um, the previous thoughts and differences that we had between one another here. Because once we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are unified people of God. So our first point um, for us to take away is that to be united, we must be willing to change. To be united, we must be willing to change. So, you know, when I get annoyed, Um, or stressed out by someone, I forget what Jesus did for me. Um, And maybe, uh, you know, and maybe after thinking about how annoying that person is, I kind of take a step back and I try to think to myself, okay, Joe, like, try to be the better man. Try, try, Try to show God's love, you know, things like that but I, I have this strong unwillingness of, <laughs> of not wanting to change for this, for this person, you know? Um, it's too hard for me, right? Ch- we probably have been there before, hopefully, you know? I don't know if you guys been there before, but there's this unwillingness to change for this person or whatever, you know? Um, and in the first verse that we read together, God is telling us to remember. And so as we forget, as we don't want to, as we forget um, when, when situations, when someone gets annoying or whatever, whatever the situation may be, we forget um, what God is telling us to do. What, we forget what Jesus did for us. And so um, when it comes to unity, when it comes to being a body, when it comes to being a church, unity is hard because you don't want to change. Because if we look back here, if we look at the Jews, we and and if you look back into their old habits and ways, you know they try to keep the law, right? They try to um, keep their interactions just among one, one uh, another Jews and everything. They they totally think that they're better and superior, you know, all of that. If we kind of put it in nowadays term, in the present time, for us, for ourselves. Um, Maybe there are some old habits um, we don't want to change in the church. Maybe there are things, maybe there are just ways that you just go upon um, just how you live with, with church members and everything that you just don't want to change. Um, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, you know, right? But um, so this is a huge change that Christ brought um, to the table here. And they they're struggling with that. We struggle with that. We struggle with change, because in order for there to be change, there needs to be sacrifice. There needs to be sacrifice in order to have unity. Your mind, your attitude, needs to change. Habit needs habits needs to change. You have to change. Um, I heard there was a um, I heard there was a a man and a woman that that were having, um, having marriage problems and decided to end their union after a very short time together. Um, after a most brief attempt to reconcile, the couple went to the court to finalize their divorce. Um, the judge asked the husband, what has brought you to this point where you are not able to keep this marriage together? The husband said, in the six weeks we've been together. We haven't been able to agree on one thing. The wife said seven weeks. Ha! did you guys not get it? It's too early in the morning. No, that didn't work. Wow. (laughs) Basically what this thing is saying is that the husband and the wife were unable to agree on one thing. They weren't able to change for their union to work. That's what I was basically talking about. Yeah, did you get it now a little bit? Okay, cool. Um, And so for us and the church then, for us, You and I, we make up the church, right? And um, the question is, what are some old habits that you are unwilling to change? Like, it could be your tone of voice, you know? (laughs) Um, What is it? Maybe working on speaking with grace, with truth. Maybe we just love to say a lot of truth and we just give them the look and just like, oh, brother, please. (laughs) You know, we're just like, can you, like, why are you doing that? That's so stupid, you know, all of that. We kind of say, we kind of give that look. You don't have to say anything, but we see it, right? Um, or, you know, for us, maybe it's hard for us to let God's love to be shown, you know, that, that it changed us, you know? Maybe it's hard for us to show that what God has done for me is hard to see through our actions. Maybe it's maybe that's hard. Um, maybe it's hard for us to love the people that we think are unlovable. You know, there's just so many reasons why, um, maybe there's just these old habits that we are unwilling to change. But for there to be unity in the church, we must again be willing to change. This is nothing new for us. This is nothing new for us. But I think for me when preparing for the sermon, it was so crucial, like, because I had to check myself and I had to check about my attitude. I had to check, do I want to change? Do I want to change for the better of our church? Is there something that I can work on? Immediately, my, my prideful self was like, no, there's nothing to work on. I'm fine, right? <laughs> but there is a lot that I need to work on. And I'm not just saying that because I'm up here. Like, I, I had to take some time to think and I had to ask God for forgiveness. And so I want us to take some time for us to do that. I want us to think about what are some things that you need to change for the better of your church, Right? Because it's not with our own strength that we can do this. But it's first remembering, like he said in the text here. Remember first what Christ did for us. And that is, and and why this is more than enough reason for us to truly reflect and think how we can change for him, for the church, for him to be glorified. And within that unity, there needs to be commitment. And so the second point is this, to be united, we must be willing to commit. To be united, we must be willing to commit. We must reconcile and learn to have peace with one another. We must commit to this remembrance. Verse 14, uh, I'm just gonna read it real quick. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, And has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility. And a big thing that comes to mind is that God is so committed to us. He—it starts with Him, right? We know that. That's why we can do it. We can do it because it starts with Him in Christ. In your relationship with one another, um, and in your relationship with another and with God. There needs to be commitment. When we think about unity, we don't think about commitment though. Um, we, we tend to, um, it's only about um, harmony, it's, it's, all, it's all about agreeing with one another, right? But actually it's harder than that. We tend to romanticize the word or the thought of unity. Um, when there's a lot of work that is required, right? In unity, you have to wrestle with it. You have to struggle with with disciplining yourself with it. You need to die to yourself. It's like marriage, you know? Um, I've been married for like three years, almost three years now. Can't believe time flies so fast like that. Um, But for me, um, I, I think I can only say for my part that in order for my union with Joanna to work, I needed to change uh, some of my old habits. Um, I need to be committed to doing this. I need to be committed to God and to her. Um, And so, for example, like one light one is like, um, when I tend to uh, fry eggs, um, (laughs) after the frying pan, like Joanna has a tendency of wanting to get paper towel and wipe it. I know, okay, don't give me judgment. Okay, fine. It's okay. You can look at me like that. But for me, after I fry my eggs, um, I don't, Autom- for her, she wants me to, and she's so used to, wiping with a paper towel afterwards, when it's hot. And 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 then you can go eat your fried eggs or whatever. But for me, I just leave the oil and whatever like that, and then like, I'll clean it up later. I can put in the dishes, whatever. Like, it's fine. But um, I guess because like, she's, she really doesn't like that, so I was like, alright, okay. Like, I guess I have to change for that, you know. But I, I tend to forget too, I, t- I forget sometimes to do that. Um, or maybe for me, like, um, before I got, you know, for me, uh, when it, when I first got married, it, it was hard for me to uh, share a bed. Um, I, I like sleeping right in the middle. Um, I think I remember I said like, hey, you can either choose, I mean like, I'm gonna sleep in the middle um, and like, you know, all you know? You can sleep left or right, and if you fall down, then okay. But but then she was like, "You gonna make your wife like sleep like that?" I was like, "All right, fine." Like so, it was hard. It was really hard. I couldn't sleep for the first like. I don't know, man. I, there was ti- like there was times when I couldn't sleep because I was not used to it, you know. And so I like to move around too in bed and stuff, but it was like <laughs> it was hard. So like things like that, things like that, you know, like I had to change that. Like I, I have to share a bed together, you know, whatever, all of that. I have to remember like some of the things that she likes and she doesn't like. And so for me, for, for, there to, for the union of our marriage to work, there needs to be change. There needs to be sacrifice. There needs to be a commitment to do that. And for us going back to the church here, going back to us being members of the body, are we willing to commit to one another? Are we willing to commit to one another? First of all, we have to first remember to commit to the head of the church, Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ, our head of the church, is telling us to commit to one another, is to be one with one another here. And so, Maybe for examples for us at our, at our church here, right? You know, when we do our greeting time, when Pastor James um, for youth or um, for Ian for Pastor Danny and stuff, when we say, okay, guys, let's all stand up and do our greeting time and the music turns on. The, when, do, when we do our uh, greeting time, don't we tend to gravitate towards the people that we already know? Um, someone that we're just already used to. And we try to avoid the people that we don't know or we feel uncomfortable even thinking about going to that person, whatever, like, you know, we've been there before, right? Right, right? I mean, I've been there before, right? Or maybe during fellowship, um, you only sit at the table with people uh, you want to sit with, right? Uh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But um, I think, but the thing is, like, have we ever considered about... um, have you ever considered about this before where we we're like, maybe, potentially, I should probably sit somewhere else and see what God might, God might be able to do and work um, during that situation. But sometimes, because we're so comfortable, we just go to who we're, who we're so used to, you know? Um, I know we have a lot of people in our church and everything. I know we have, a, like, our church is getting bigger and that's being a blessing and stuff. But it gets harder to, like, reach out and, and try to be the body and everything. So you know, I feel you guys in that. And when I was studying this passage, though, it convicted me so much because I, I haven't been a good brother in Christ for you guys. Um, you know how how am I committed to the unity of God? Is and how, what was I doing to show that? Um, and so for me, it just it just hit me hard that in order for there to be unity, in order for the church to be united together, that it, it needs to start with me. It needs to start with me also reaching out and committing to um, you guys as brothers and sisters in Christ to love you guys, to share, and to just reach out. You know? um, and so remembering that Jesus made us both one, that what he did for the Jews and the Gentiles, here, going back to the text and everything, the, the opposite of peace is hostility. The opposite of peace is hostility, hostility, which Christ has extinguished. He destroyed it. Christ got rid of it. Christ created a unified new people. And so that means what Christ did on the cross with his body, his death on the cross. We need to remember how Jesus, he abolished the law. Um, He reconciled us both to God in one body through the cross. You know, for us though, we have a hard time of remembering though. We forget to do some task or or whatever. We also forget what Jesus has done for us and therefore we let that affect our unity within the church. But we have to remember here guys, in this text, Jesus killed the hostility of the difference there once was before. So how does that look like for us? How does it look like for the church? God is saying to remember what he has done. And as we remember what Jesus has done, we must live our our ordinary life with unity because the hope Jesus has gifted us. There is no segregation between you and me, brothers and sisters in Christ. We must be one in Christ. Because again in verse 14, he himself is our peace. And so, as we continue to reflect on that, as we continue to reflect on um, how can the church be um, how can the church be one in Christ, our personal selfishness is not the main importance when it comes to unity. But it's the head of the church; it's Jesus. We are redeemed. We didn't. We didn't deserve it. How can we live a better life then? How can we live um, like we are better than the rest? When exact, ex- that's exactly what God sh- was saying not to do. And He used examples of the Jews and the Gentiles. I think this past summer EM retreat, um, I think it was Pastor Dan. He was kind of talking about that illustration of the triangle. You know, the the bottom points. You know, the bottom points of the triangle, right? The bottom points right here. They're they're us, and only Jesus is the one that's on top. Uh, and so, when it comes to us, when it comes to us thinking that we're better than one another, when it comes to us to think that, oh, but I'm at least, but I'm, I'm less sinful than you are, and stuff like that. we, What Pastor Dan was saying was, we're all together at the same part, and only Jesus is above us. And so, there's no one that we can um, say, like, we are better. We only have um, the scale, the judgment between, are we like Christ or not? And, Um, and so on the cross in verse 16 to 18 here Christ put to death the hostility between Israel and the other nations the focus shifts to the new unified group being brought near to God there is reconciliation there the two parties are now in peaceful relations now, right? Um, and so the church in your ordinary life is not just a place for us. It's not, it's here. It's here, it is us. We are the church. It is us that makes up the church. We are a family. There are, there are sure, and in a family there are growing pains. Um, there are times of frustration with, within one another there are times of laughter, there are times of joy, there are times of anger. Um, there's just, you name it, you know? But why we keep going together is not by our own strength. For we must remember it is by grace we have been saved through faith. God did it, not us. And so Paul vividly describes Christ's reconciliation as killing the hostility that stood in the way of peace of God. And if you look with me here in verse 18, um, I'll read. For through him, we both have access um, in one spirit to the Father. To be brought near means to have access to God. To draw near to God and to enjoy him forever in a new creation is both mankind's greatest good and the ultimate accomplishment of Christ's earthly work of redemption. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. It is only through Jesus, guys. There's no other way to get to God. It's only through Jesus do we have access to be aligned with him and have a relationship uh, with the Father. It is only through Jesus that we are able to die to ourselves and the way we serve and love one another, can we say we see more Jesus than ourselves. It is only through Jesus where we were able to set aside um, our differences and make it all about him. A church is not perfect, but the head of the church is. So with you, it's not about finding the best church for you. It's It's not about finding the best church that fits best for us, it is to commit It is to remember what Jesus has done for you and me. We must be willing to change because after all, it was by God's grace, his gift that brought us to be one in him. This morning, uh, when we did our QT, we're talking about community. We're talking about a family. There needs to be commitment and willingness to change for his name. We are meant to live and walk this Christian walk not alone, but with, the, but with each other. So remember Jesus. Remember Jesus before you serve um, in the youth or in the children. Remember Jesus when you get uh, triggered by someone uh, if, from church. Remember Jesus in your prayers. Remember Him, because it's only through Jesus were we able to be in union with God. So let us be intentional in truly loving. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, for it is by grace we are united in Him, and thus united together. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. As we pray, I just want us to just reflect on some some thoughts. Um, As we were talking about unity, as we're talking about being a body, we have to first check ourselves. How are we as a member of the body, loving and caring and serving one another? What are some things maybe you're holding, that are holding you back to bring unity among the church? What do you need to commit to change? Is there, is there someone maybe also in your life right now that you need to reconcile with in order for there to be unity among the body of Christ? Is there someone in the church? Is there a family member, a family member of our church that maybe you need to reconcile with in order for, there, in order for you to give glory to God? What's holding you back? What do you need to commit? What do you need to commit to change? Let's reflect on that and pray.